Good vibes. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Oh, my God. <laughs> sure. That was the thing. One time in college, uh, my friend's dad came to the party Ooh. and he just went and we were like, Hi, because he was very high. Anyway. Awesome. Um, Hi, I'm Karen. And I'm Lauren. Oh, no. Do you keep that intro in? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, and this is Downstage Left, a theater podcast where we talk a little, laugh a lot, no, nothing. We don't know anything. How's and it's been a long night, you know? Sure. Like, guys. This as you know, as you say, and we typically, we really do usually record in the morning. Yeah. That's like kind of been our thing where you will come over usually like on a Sunday yeah. and you come over at like 10 and then we record and then go get something to eat and it's like lovely. Yeah, it's a But nice day. we just have not, our schedule, like our schedules are crazy. No, they're insane right now. Um, um Yeah. So it's like a Saturday night. We're getting a little crazy. A I just night. cracked a beer. So like what yeah. is going to happen? You know? Correct. Um, I'm drinking a, a cold brew coffee stout from Brew Detroit and it's excellent. It's really good. I'm drinking water. But uh, anyway, that's yeah. enough. Okay. Yeah. Uh, guys, we are continuing our quest for Stephanie J. Black to notice us. Stephanie J. Black. Uh, Stephanie J. Black, who, as we've talked about previously, really is like one of the most diverse people on Broadway, I she think. She's amazing. Um, where she really has played like a, like all these different characters that are like well just in a way where i i'm trying to you know i think of some you know what like a like a laura osness is kind of playing all the same kind of kelly o'hara is kind of playing all the same yeah barrett wilbert reed got a type type. yeah Yeah. exactly so um but not stephanie j block stephanie j block is so versatile uh, um, we've covered, I mean, we've talked about it before. We've yeah. covered a lot of, before we started this quest, a lot of her shows. Like, yeah, accident, just like accidentally. Yeah, like um, like the Pirate Crew Queen, of oh, course. Fucking Pirate Queen. Sure, her, her most well-known. Yeah. Um, what, is that not what you think of? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're today, we're covering 9 to 5, the yeah. musical. Um, I love the music from the show. It's fun. It's based on the movie by the same title, um, starring Dolly Parton, the amazing, I gotta tell you, so I love Dolly Parton. I think she, there's stuff like philanthropically that she has done that like we kind of are knowing about now, but like not really. Like there's so much stuff that she has just donated to and like helped find the COVID vaccine cure and like um, all the books and things like that. She's like amazing. And I get scared sometimes because... Like, I'll go on social media, and it'll be, like, a picture of her, and I'll oh, be like, no. oh, God, did she die? Did she or did she and then, do something really, no. really problematic, you know? No, like, and, ah. it's all, and it's always, like, Dolly gives free tuition to everyone who works at Dollywood, and you're like, damn, yeah. all right! Yeah. So. No, and I one of the things I like about her is she is, she's so unproblematic in a lot of ways, where, like, she very clearly, like, her appearance is so manufactured. Yeah, but, but she, she talks is, about it. She's not even a little yeah. bit, like, she's so open about it. She's yeah. like, yeah, I just have had a lot of plastic surgery, and that's okay. Well, and, like. I just love it. Oh, and here's a weird piece of trivia I know about Dolly Parton. Um, her she wears wigs, obviously. That's right. not a piece of she trivia. She talks about that. Um, but it's her hair is naturally like dark. So she'll like, go out with her husband unwigged. And sure, knows who she, is. she does like Smart. the Clark Kent shit. And I just think it's very cute. Ugh, honestly, I like love that for her. Oh my god, Dolly Parton notice us. Um, Dolly Parton, please notice us. I mean, I'm gonna tag her. And, like, let's just see what happens. We are big fans of you. And I think I'm a big fan of you as a human, yes. I feel like. I, music, less so. I mean, I like I her music. don't know her music as well, I I'm think. I'm not but, familiar, yeah. Well, here's the thing. The People, we do know her music very well, in which one of her greatest hits, uh, And yeah, I Will fine, Always fine. Love You. Oh. Oh, Sung by, what, you know, everybody knows the Whitney Houston version, who she recorded that for the 90s movie, The Bodyguard, but... 
originally Dolly Parton. Okay. So, so anyway, talking about Stephanie J. Block. Jolene. Uh, sure, Jolene. Is, <laughs> Jolene's a great song. A okay. Uh, so 9 to 5, like I said, based on the 1980 film of the same name. The music and lyrics are by Dolly Parton, and it features a book by Patricia Resnick and a screenplay by Resnick and Colin Higgins. Cool. Yeah, I've never seen the movie. Um, oh, it's I've heard it's pretty excellent. much the same. It's Lily Tomlin and um, Jane Fonda. Is it? Yes, I oh. was right. What Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, and Dolly Parton. I love oh, that for them. Good job for me. Good, good job, me. I'm really proud of you. Thank you. Um, well, it's been a minute. I saw it. I mean, I've seen it years ago, but they pull a lot of stuff that happens in the movie. They pull into the musical in different places. I've also never seen the musical. I've oh, listened to it, but I've never um, seen it. Yeah. Do you know what? Not touring. Uh, we. I saw a production recently that was okay. The bootleg is good though. Watch the bootleg. Okay. Not this as always. This podcast does not endorse bootlegs. Sure, but I'm gonna watch it later. Don't worry about it. It's really good. Um, okay, cool. So it uh, it opened in Broadway on April in April of 2009, and it nominated for a bunch of stuff. We'll talk about it. Um, we probably will just maybe. Let's see. What do I need to know here? Um, Alice and Janney, Megan Hilty, and Stephanie J. Block were in the reading, so they they were attached early days. As well as Norm Lewis, who then pieced out, and Look. Mark Kudish, who ended up being in it. And uh, there was a workshop, 2007. They did a trial in L.A. in 2008, and then it hit Broadway in 2009. Um, it closed on September 6, 2009, after 24 previews and 148 regular performances. So it didn't run super long, hmm. um, but eh, what else? Uh, it's been on tour. It's been on the UK. Opened in the West End 2019, Australia 2022, and then there's a planned US tour in 2022, but I assumptively believe that probably got COVIDed or something happened to it. Unclear. Or it just didn't come here. Or it just didn't come here. Sure. What the F you? Okay. <laughs> Goddamn 9 um, So let's get into it. Let's get Act in. one. As the clocks ring and the workers wake up, Violet, Dora Lee, and Judy prepare for work and they sing 9 to 5. This is probably one of the best openings of all. Like I, I we really should do a like a top five show, like top five openings, top five closers, whatever. Yeah. And here's why: it's they have arranged, they have rearranged it in such a way that it's a banging ensemble number Great. that is a full company number, and there's like this sweet little thing at the end with some three part harmony between the three women, but like the ensemble is still crashing forward. But the whole song is used. Um, it's like. It's, it's the lyrics of, like, wake up, get my cup of coffee, like, and it, and it follows along, like, people, but then it introduces your three main characters as well, so you, like, get to know, and they, like, literally sing a thing where they're like, I want that fat promotion, like, yeah. you learn about what each one is kind of going through, so you learn that, um, and it might tell you, sure, you learn that Violet is working in an office, keep in mind it's the 80s. And sure, 80s. So everyone's very 80s. Yeah. Um, but like she's in the office and wants the promotion, but has been passed up for like probably men and dumb things like that. Stupid. Uh, you find out that Dora Lee is like she she was played by Dolly in the in the uh, movie and played by Megan Hilty in the in the show um, is like a buxom blonde. And, like, just working, but, like, getting sexually harassed, has a f- cute fiancé. Sure, they open the number in bed. Whoa. Sure, it's hot. Risque. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, and then Judy, who Stephanie J. Black played Judy, you find out her husband 
was cheating on her and she left him, but she has no work experience and doesn't know how to support herself. So we kind of, all of that is revealed. And like I said, it's a super fun number, super fun number. Like just that, like, right. It's like bump, 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 bump. It, you know, it brings you in. Um, but it introduces the characters. Okay. I have a question. Um, so Doralee is Dar- Dolly Parton's character, played by Megan Hilty. Mm-hmm. The other Violet two... was Alice and Janney. Okay. Judy and... and uh, that's the Lily Tomlin, I assume? Yep, I was just saying, okay. who was played by Lily Tomlin, and then Judy was Jane Fonda and is Stephanie J. Block. Got it. Thank you. Yeah. That's, like, helpful for me just, like, visually picture, yeah. in my brain. Um, the, okay, so we sing 9 to 5, that's the opener, and then boop. We cut into the office. The workers begin another mundane and hellish day at work under Franklin Hart Jr., president of Consolidated Industries. Honestly, that's relatable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Judy and Violet meet for the first time, and Judy reveals she does not have any work experience, but Violet states she will be proud to train her and gives her a few tips and pointers for surviving office life around here. Huh. And it's that thing where... I guess in like, like the Mean Girls way of like being like the Jacks are over there, and this is it's like where similar. Yeah, I mean it's very similar where she's like, "This is how we do faxes and like things like that." Cute. Um, Franklin Hart Jr. is a domineering and equally lecherous man who lusts after his secretary Dora Lee, right. and has no shame in making those feelings known, which discomforts Dora Lee. Gross. And he sings here for you, and it is I'm going to tell you in a like musical theater villain way he's gross like where he is just you there's no rooting or redeeming you're just like oh he's terrible yucky yeah it's pretty bad um and you immediately feel bad for doralee because you're just like oh lady i'm sorry you know um judy is having major issues on her first day such as being unable to work the xerox machine and feels there's something more inhibiting her relatable all right guys Xerox machines are no joke. They're if you haven't used them, the okay. One time when I was working years ago now at the financial aid plate or not financial aid, financial planning, uh, my friend Brandon and I were like making copies of some form, and literally the copy machine started smoking, and we were like, "Oh god, what? oh god!" <laughs> and we did like there's like two thousand dollars worth of damage. We didn't do it, but like essentially a roller like oh, no. melted and like came loose and then like got into the machine. Ooh. But I'm going to tell you, two grown-ass people being like, Panic. Yeah. Because Xerox machines They're are the terrible. worst. Yeah, that's like half my life right now is like fighting with people over copy machines. Yeah. And every time I, it's like, I, this, here's a tangent and here's a venture. Sure. Um, my classroom is like far away from everything else. So the closest copy machine to me is like the arts. No, of course. Like I'm like right by the fucking cafeteria and they're like doing construction on that part of the building. So there's only three classrooms in my hallway that are like whatever. So the closest copy machine to me is at the, like by the teacher's lounge. And then Mm -hmm. there's two others in other parts of the building. And there's one person that is always at the copy machine in the teacher's lounge. But the closest machine to his room is, is not that fuck, one as somewhere else oh and he's always got these long ass jobs and he doesn't even have that many classes You're like get out of here i hate it makes me so angry mm. all the time and i like i then i have to walk to bfe like i literally walked to the opposite side of the building and i one one time i saw my friend she's like what are you doing all the way over here <laughs> she's like you don't belong you here boss? Like, um, <laughs> like i'm trying to make copies and i can't cause i always get the emails that are like wing b copier out <laughs> Like, at school. And I'm like, I don't, I'm, guys, I'm not an employee of the school district in that way, so I don't, not using that. But, like, I am always like, damn, wing B, bad. Like, copy or bad. People stop doing it. Well, I'm like, as a choir teacher, I have, I make a lot of copies. Sure. 
and it's it's a problem. So I kind of don't use our. I maybe should take advantage more of the free copies at school, but I don't because yeah. it because it's too pain in the ass. No, I uh, okay, so Judy's like having a bad Monday and feels like something more <laughs> inhibiting her. Like a Xerox. Well, <laughs> we did, it was guys. Good. This is what being an adult is like, I Grown think. Grown up uh, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all three women in separate settings share mutual feelings, but they, uh, but all feel they can overcome it and make it all work out in the end. And they sing, I just might. And it's like, oh, it's another, it's just a good, like, three-person, like, lady empowerment. Like, it's going to be okay. I love that. Um, a new day rises upon the begrudged workers of Consolidated, and life resumes as normal. Around the lunch hour, Doralee and Judy speak for the first time as Doralee asks Judy to go to lunch with her. Oh. But Judy subtly refuses and Doralee doesn't know why. Sure, so what we what we miss is in the little tour that Violet gives, she's like, and that's Doralee who's sleeping her way to the top. So, like, oh. people don't know that he is sexually harassing her. Yeah. They think she, like, is asking for it and wants it. And the whole point of, like, Dolly Parton and then Megan Hilty, you know, costume and hair-wise being that part is like is the blonde bimbo right Mm -hmm. it's the sexy blonde with big boobs and so she couldn't possibly have brains and like you know what i mean so like it's it's sad because these women are and so like like i said violet's like that's doralee stay away from her so when doralee is like being friendly to judy who surely needs a friend she like blows her off and it's like sad it's like a sad little moment because you know, because we've already established that the asshole boss is, like, doing terrible things to her. It's gross. Right. So it's, like, sad. Guys, anyway. we got to uplift the other women. Just Correct. do it. Correct. Uh, okay. Uh, so, Doralee's sad, and she reflects on her whole life about just being a pretty face and nothing much more than sings Backwoods Barbie, which is, like, a super oh. fun country-ish feel vibe to it, but, like, sad. Um, Violet is passed over for yet another promotion, which angers her since it is somebody that she personally trained. Oh. After, and I think it's a man. If That's I remember shitty. correctly, it's a dude. Um, it would be a man. Of course. 1980s, dude. Yeah. Uh, after a heated confrontation in Hart's office, Dora Lee finds out about Hart's rumor about their supposed affair. That's the other piece is like, he's Ew. pushing that. No. Yeah. Um, which, in, which infuriates her to the point of threatening him. Uh, which we love. It's, like, super fun. Do it. Uh, all three of the women, who are now seemingly united in their contempt for Hart, go back to Violet's house and light up a joint. Yes. It's a very funny scene. Yes. In the movie and in the show. Uh, suddenly, each woman lapses into a murderous fantasy involving Mr. Hart. Judy as an unforgiving femme fatale, the dance of death. Dora Lee as a crack rodeo star, Cowgirl's Revenge, in which she, like, ropes and hog ties him. Excellent. Um, and Violet as a deranged Snow White potion notion. That's from the movie. Perfect. Um, all of these sadistic... deranged Snow White. Correct. <laughs> well, and it's like... It that's is, the name of this it's her... episode. Sure. It's her in the... Um, it's like her in the Snow White costume and being like, hello, little birds, help me. Like in the, I think in the movie, it's maybe like little animation something, Wonderful. but like, that's the gist of it. Right. Um, all of these sadistic fantasies soon culminate into a c- celebration of Hart's death, which is quickly nixed after Hart is discovered alive. Uh, joy to the girls. Uh, okay. So the next day at the office, Violet unwittingly acts out her fantasy and believes she put rat poison into Hart's coffee. So she has this movement, this moment where she's like, oh, I actually did it. Like, but like subconsciously, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they all go to the hospital in a panic, but learn he was never there. Roz. Sure. We've never talked about Roz. So this is fun. Roz is Mr. Hart's assistant or 
maybe a secretary, but I think assistant okay. who like is in love with him and sucks up to him and then is like terrible to all the other people. I right? was really hoping you were going to say it's like Roz from Monsters, Inc. Uh, because um, I love that character. Sure, honestly, kind of. But like Great. not in as a helpful way, like where she turns out to be a good guy. No. There's a lady at work who's like Roz from Monsters, Inc. That I work with. Guys, live your life. Be characters from Monsters, Inc. <laughs> be a Mike. <laughs> be a Mike. Be a Sully. Be, be a, a Roz. Sully. Be a Roz. Okay. Be a Celia. Who knows? You know? Sure. Uh, okay. So Roz. <laughs> we just named all the characters from Monsters. I named Be a boo. I'm going to tell you. I named like the three I knew and only because we said Roz out loud already. Okay. <laughs> um. So Roz over. So they go. They're, <laughs> they're in the bathroom. Be like, oh my God, we killed him. We killed him. Classic. Gotta check the stalls, man, before you talk in a bathroom. Yes. Yes. Kick them open. Yeah. Or just knock or whatever. Sure. Although one time in college, my friend kicked a stall open and it hit my friend in the face oh. and cracked her tooth. Oh. Anyway, no. okay. those good old Maybe college I'll days. Kick it, just knock and be like, "Is no, anybody she, here?" She, I think you literally yelled, "Hiya!" or like karate <laughs> chop. Anyway, um, that's very good. Drinking. Okay. <laughs> what do you, uh, what? No, no, no. I was I was the DD that night, oh, and God. so I had to be the one where like everyone's like, "Your tooth looks fine," and I was like, "No, you're." Your face is fucked up. Like, we gotta go. Wait. Your Half your tooth is gone. We, we have gotta to go. go to the Sure, emergency. the front tooth. Anyway. So what happened? Hi, I'm sorry. I'm now invested. Oh, no, no. Uh, so my friends were, like, going to the bathroom, but, like, doing the old hover, but everybody had... We were at a bar, so um, all legal and 21. And um, my friend was kind of hovering, and then my other friend was like, I'm going to kick the door in. And sometimes, friend, young people, if you have been drinking, this is, like, why to be careful. Uh, you don't make good decisions. No. And so everybody's like, do it. Kick it, kick <laughs> it open. Like, yes, do it. And so I guess when she did, it was just that like perfect timing that my other friend was like leaned forward enough oh, because no. as a lady, you gotta hover. And so sometimes, yeah. and so it just hit her just right, and her front tooth cracked like a like a made a triangle. So like it went from like top to like the corner, and then like broke off. Oh my god! And by the time I got there, I was DD that night, and <laughs> like a rare night. But um, it was the thing where. She had she had been going around everyone like, is it is it bad? Can you notice it? And because everybody was drinking, they're like, it looks fine. Dude. Oh my god, no, it's fine. You, it's gonna be. We should get another drink. And then it got to me sober, and I was like, yeah, your face is effed up. We gotta go. Like, so like, we have to go now. What was the next step? You went. To I'm the... gonna be honest. I dropped her off at home, and I, and after that, oh. she ended up having to go to the dentist. Yeah. And then, but it was the thing where. I'm pretty sure, I don't think she listens to this, but um, didn't want to tell her parents, told her parents, I think she got hit in the face during, like, I am softball. Got it. Because you can't be like, well, I was drunk at the bar, and my friend kicked in the door a lot. Yeah, like, it was, it was a, just, like, bad explanation. A series but, of unfortunate events that led to sure, my tooth getting in which, that's what it's like going to the bathroom as a woman. Yeah. Dangers. Okay. Oh, my God, yeah. Well, here's what I would tell you. It was very funny, I think, and, like, all is well, but, like... Um, so they're in the bathroom talking, Roz overhears them, and then she immediately runs and tells Hart, who concocts a plan to scare them by pretending he was actually poisoned and to threaten them with the police. After Hart leaves, Roz sings a song confessing her obsessive love and fantasies for him called oh. Heart to Heart. Her, her last name, yeah, it's, but here's what I'm going to tell you. This is a banger number. Like, it's it like, it gets like real sultry and jazz. It's like, it's such a good song, and... If you have the right person playing Roz, it's very funny, right? Because she, like, goes for it and, like, gets a boa and, like, really, it's, like, very, but it's, like, the fantasy. So then it, like, cuts back to, it's not that. So, um, 
guys, if you're looking for a song to sing, it's a banger. Uh, put it on my list. That's right. Uh, Hart confronts Dora Lee with information, and Dora Lee, acting on a fight-or-flight instinct, rips the phones out and ties up Hart with the wires, which he seems to get a quasi-sexual pleasure from. Gross. Sure, it's it, he continues to be disgusting. Um, and then... Uh, the women are seemingly puzzled as what to do with Hart, but Judy and Violet create a plan in which they will imprison Hart in his own house. As they, I feel like at some point also there's like a gun. Like she produced, she has a gun in her purse because a she's a backwoods Barbie. Like that's the whole thing. Got I'm it. pretty sure, like sure. cowboy kind of thing. Is it a sawed-off shotgun? No, I'm pretty. It's just like a little snub-nosed pistol. Anyway, right. um, as they are carrying out their plan, they sing to Hart their issues with him and the problems in their own lives, but will begin to make the changes in their lives and have the confidence to succeed. And they sing this like it is like a very empowering first act closer called "Shine Like the Sun." Hmm. Uh, the it women sounds empowering. Sure, the women empowered have restrained Hart to a mechanical harness <laughs> above empowered. his bed. Sure, so they rig it up where he's like suspended above his like bed, essentially like kind of hog tied, and then that's how the first act ends. Excellent. Uh, we enter the second after the entre act, which I guess there is one I don't remember. Um, yeah. In Hart's office, the three women are pondering how they can keep the office in the dark about Hart's disappearance when Dora Lee's skill of being able to forge Hart's signature comes into play. Oh. Is so, that something was mentioned in the first Yes. There's, it, something happens, like, when she's doing secretary things for him, I think. Or uh, it maybe comes out when they're smoking. I can't remember. Sure. Um, but, like, because she's their secretary. Like, yeah. They, they, it comes out where she's like, I'm signing all his stuff. Whatever. Um, <laughs> That's a really good Dolly Parton impression. It's my one of my only accents is a southern accent. You know this, okay? And and apparently a French one too. Sure, sometimes French, you guys. <laughs> uh, okay, Judy and Dorley both point out to Violet that she is, in a sense, the new operating officer of the company. Violet then lapses in fantasy and sings a song about she is now a hard hitter like the rest of the male employees who seem to rank above the women. Called one of the boys. It's a fun number. Cool. Um, Raz. Roz begins, so, I mean, essentially they're doing the thing, sure, a fun fact in history, this happened to Woodrow Wilson, in which he had a stroke near the end of his term, and his wife, basically, Edith Wilson, I believe, oh, these names might not be right, no. uh, but basically, his name um, was Woodrow. no, 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 what I'm, no, I'm like, <laughs> is that the right president, but I'm pretty sure it is, where she basically, they like, she basically ran the White House and stuff, because they didn't want to say he was dead, and they went as far as to, like, prop him up in pictures oh my God, and like prop him up Bernie's in did him kind of he oh. wasn't dead but like he had had a stroke or something so and so so there. effectively she was like the first female president yeah man right edith probably sure. i know i'm fairly certain it's woodrow wilson um here's how i know this okay. uh drunk history <laughs> excellent you know my grandfather's siblings were all named after presidents so i oh. have a great uncle woodrow who i think he's still alive i don't know the answer to that it's propped up somewhere okay uh, yeah maybe so Anyway, they're basically running the company with, you know, Doralee forging and then, you know, basically uh, the other, Violet making the decisions. But, of course, Roz starts to get nosy and is like, where is Hart? And it creates a new obstacles for the ladies to get rid of. Judy formulates the idea to send Roz to a one-month language seminar to learn French, which isn't necessary and is only way to get rid of her. Um, Roz receives the memo from Violet and is heartbroken because she believes that Hart doesn't like her and that Aww. the time she isn't working is lonely and boring and she sings five to nine. Oh. Right? Okay. Oh, um, Roz. Roz, also, we gotta have, we gotta have better taste in men also. Well, I'll tell you though, it's a very funny scene where they're like, we're sending, he's sending you to France and she's like, what? What? It's, it's <laughs> like, you know, um, as Hart is still strung up in his bedroom, he passes time by watching countless hours of soap operas. 
Dorley enters to give him a meal and Hart lashes out at her, saying that he still has control and will use it when he is free. Dorley brushes him off and leaves the room. Hart begins to recount how most of the men in history had downfalls by women and that he is no different, which angers him and sings always a woman. It's his, I think, his, like, one-ish. He gets the creepy lecture song in the beginning and then this one. Um, Love that. Back at the office, the new changes the women have made under Hart's name have seemed to ease the workers' lives and change their outlook on work and called Change It. I want to say, like, they they do, like, a daycare or, like, they start implementing, like, friendly work things. Like, you get a break. What? Like, things like that. Why? Um, Imagine that. Yeah. Uh, so Joe, who I think is an accountant, who uh, has shown admiration toward Violet throughout the show uh, asked, and asked her out many times, Aww. confronts her and asks why she rebuffs him. And she claims she was a one-man woman and that her husband's death three years ago uh, before has prevented her from dating again. Aww. Joe tells her that it's time to move on and possibly give someone new a chance, and they say, let love grow. It's actually very cute. And this Wikipedia makes it sound like he's like, why won't you date me? But it's like much sweeter like than that. Yeah. What's wrong with Correct. <laughs> but it's like actually much sweeter where he's just like, I really like you. Aww. Like, why won't, is there a Give reason? A well, just where he's like, can you tell me why? You know, it's good. Aww. So, um, it's actually very cute. It is. And the song is cute. Um, Violet accepts as they walk out of the scene holding hands. That's cute. That is cute. Later on that evening, Judy's ex-husband, <gasps> Dick. Of course his name is Dick. Sure. In 9 to 5 in the opener where she's singing, my husband, Dick, blah, blah, blah. It's like very fun. Good. Um, Shows up at Hart's house and asks her to take him back since his secretary girlfriend dumped him. I hate when that happens. Um, And Dick is always pretty comedic where you're like, ew. Um, (laughs) He's wearing like a pinstripe suit or something. No, I think he comes in. Gel um, in his hair. No, no, no. In like a running suit. Like a track suit. Oh, gross. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. worse. Yeah. Uh, She rebuffs him and states she is a changed woman who will not crawl back to someone who broke her heart, showing strength as she orders him to leave and sings, get out and stay out. You go, girl. I'm going to tell you. Yes. Y'all, Get Out and Stay Out is 100% the 11 o'clock 11? hour, yeah. and Stephanie J. Block sings the shit out of, of this song. Of course she does. And if you're looking for another good song to sing as, like, a soprano-y lady, this is another one. I love this song. Um, And it's that female empowerment of, like, Get Out and Stay Out, and she's, like, comes into her own strength. It's great. Um, okay, the next day... Hart storms into the office with Judy, so he gets out with oh, uh, okay, sure with Judy as a hostage. Sure, something happens like while Dick is there that he like gets free, oh. um, which shocks the women who have collected evidence about Hart's creative accounting with the help of Joe the accountant. <gasps> Joe um, coming through creative accounting and embezzling practices to use against him. The women, seemingly defeated, prepare to submit to Hart's wishes when they learn that the CEO of Consolidated, Mr. Tinsworthy, is paying a visit. <laughs> Tinsworthy is such yeah. a great name. This is a very musical theater name. Yeah. Uh, the women and Hart meet Tinsworthy, who, after noting the changes in office life, gives the credit to Hart. Violet and the others Ugh. step up and say they made the changes but are shot down. However, in a comedic twist, Tinsworthy sends Hart to manage the South American branch in Bolivia. Ha! So it's get that thing where you get a credit. It's the punishment, right? You think you're getting credit for, and you take credit for something that's not yours, which honestly is a lesson about taking credit that's not yours. Sure, and it's the, you need to go make these changes other places. It's been so good here. And he gets sent away. Um, is Yeah, it's pretty, it's like a nice moment. Violet, um, nope. Violet is then promoted to Hart's position as president of the company and yep, celebration Violet. ensues. 
Well, Roz is devastated over the loss of her obsession. Oh, I'm going to tell you, it's very comedic how she returns. At least in the shows I've seen, she comes back with, like, a beret. Of course. And, like, a, and baguette. a baguette. Yes. <laughs> and it's just, like, uh, you know, it's, like, bonjour. Like, just, it's very I funny. Speak French now. Yeah. And, like a, stri- like, a striped black and white shirt, of you course. know. Um, so it's just funny. Uh, the characters uh, deliver epilogues about what happened after the events of the story, finale, 9 to 5 reprise. Hart was captured by natives in the jungle of Bolivia and was never seen or heard from again. Roz found a new love, Hart's wife. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, come on. Get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roz. Uh, I'm yelling into this microphone. It's Sorry, fun. listeners. It's okay. Um, your ears. Violet and Joe have been together for the past 30 years and are very happy together. Oh, and Violet has a son that they have not mentioned at all in oh, this show, but surprise. she has a son, so whatever. Um, That's nice. Well, because there's a nice, there's actually a really nice scene with the sun. Oh. So, I don't know. Well, we're going to sit here, but it sounds great. Guys, not in this Wikipedia. Uh, Okay. Uh, Dorley went to Nashville and became a successful country western singer. And Judy stayed single and became a regular guest on The View after writing a best-selling book, Life Without Dick. Excellent. Sure, it's very funny. Excellent. Um, This is why, here's what I'm going to say. I like this show because it's one of those shows that is self-aware. Oh, yeah. It is self-aware of the jokes they're making, and they're poking fun at themselves, which I think are the best kind of shows. It's the Xanadu style. It's the Xanadu, 100%, where it's just like, oh, we know. We know what we're about to say is, like, silly, and we're leaning into it. And that's why I love it. I adore it. Um um, here's what I love about it. I'm going to be honest. Like I love, I love a strong female lead mm-hmm. and I especially three. love three of them. Four if you count Roz. Sure. Four. Roz feels like a, a secondary lead um, perhaps. Well, in a way where the only guy really is Hart. Yeah. And then you have Joe who like is doesn't there. sing really. He, he does, but like periphery. And then Dick comes in at the very end and that's it. Love so it. it's. It really is about these women. I love which when the women movie was can, too. Like, carry a show, mm-hmm. and like I just, especially when there is an abundance of talented women in the entertainment industry yep. that don't get used correctly. I think. Yeah. That's this is nice to see. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure Dolly Parton produced the movie. Like it was, you know what I mean? Because she's the most unproblematic person that exists right now. I, and I said it would what be I said, it would be devastating it. to find something out, but I don't think we will at this point. I like I think, think so it's because I, I don't just think she's doing fucking it. Fucking amazing. Um as I said, Dolly. the original cast, Violet was Alice and Janney, Stephanie J Block as Judy, Megan Hilty as Dora Lee, Mark Kudish as Frank Hart, Kathy Fitzgerald as Roz, and then Andy Carl was Joe. Oh. Uh for those of you, Andy Carl's the UPS Kyle in uh, yeah. Legally Blonde and then he also was the lead in Groundhog's Day. And then I think he actually is maybe touring or just took over, um, or maybe was the lead for in Pretty Woman. Oh. I'm almost positive that's correct. Cool. Um, like I said, it went on to I don't know any of the people. So I was looking to see the West End cast, but I don't know any of those people. So no. okay, bye bye. Um, they were probably great. Correct. Uh, it. Oh, sure. Hold on. I'm in the review section. I'm trying to get oh to God, Broadway. Is there anything good? Ben Brantley, of course. Okay. What does he have to say? So, um. Sure. God, he really... Listen, we take Ben Brantley with a grain of salt. Sometimes he makes some good points, and sometimes he's just a Well, I would love to find a positive review he gave. So He doesn't do that. Following the Broadway opening, Ben Brantley of the New York Times described the show as an overinflated whoopee cushion and a gaudy, empty musical that piles on the flashy accessories like a pre-recession hedge funder run amok at Barney's. Okay. I have one thought. Okay. Ben Brantley... Sure. As someone that owned a whoopee cushion, 
You know what happens when you overinflate it? It doesn't make a fart noise. It just pops. Sure, it blows up. It just pops. Sure. So your insult is not correct. It's an. It's well, wrong. but also. Okay. He says he thought the stage adaption turns its feminist revenge story into an occasion for lewd slapstick, uh, which feels about as up to date as the 1940s burlesque review. Hell's up hopping. I'm going to tell you. Oh, and a mail order catalog of big production numbers filtered through the joyless aesthetic that pervaded the 1970s. Do you think he's just as kind of sexist? Maybe. He added, the comic sensibility certainly feels vintage, rather in the smirky mode of sitcoms like Three's Company. The governing philosophy seems to be that it's okay to leer if you wink at your own prurience. That's a true. Uh, that's true of much of the show. It's broad. Sorry, it's broad flirtation with tastelessness reminds you of how stylishly Mel Brooks played the brazen vulgarity in The Producers. What the fuck? I don't. Okay. Well, listen, Brantley. Whatever. I, here's what I'm going to tell you. Once again, we've we've actually talked about this recently, in which. Not every musical has to teach you some kind of lesson. Not every musical has to have you really, like, thinking about stuff as you leave. Sometimes they're just fun. fun. But but also not every musical has to have the ending that you anticipate or want. Yes. You know? And I think that that's something that I think is really great about this show is that it's it's not tied up as neatly as, like, there are things like, I don't know. I there not everyone has like a wedding at the end. You know what I mean? Right. Like, there's that's not the closer is like everyone falls Joe and Violet's wedding. Married, like right. fuck. They all get their happy ending, but I think like true to the characters where like I appreciate that Violet and Joe are together. Like hooray. Right. I love that Roz like figured out she's a lesbian. Love that for her. Uh like good for you, girl. Um do you think Roz from Monsters Inc. is a lesbian? Roz from Monsters Inc. is asexual. Sure, she's like a slug. She's a monster. Anyway. She's asexual. Uh, so, you know, but, like, I like that these people all got, like, the happy ending we want, and... <sighs> no, Ross from Monsters, Inc. is absolutely heterosexual, probably, but, like, masquerading somehow, because she's a stickler about paperwork, and that means that she... This is this is too far. You have to cut this, I I, I will not cut this. Uh, she... She is a very, she's like a fucking Republican. She like follows the rules. Oh, she's very strict. Oh, okay. She's conservative because she's like, we have paperwork we have to get through. That, no, she's, okay. she doesn't have time for any, any extra. Sure. Then I'm going to say she's probably like a closet, closet lesbian that like she, yeah, feels like she can't come out. She's a closet lesbian that sure. is not. Yep. Um, I, I just, here's I'm the sorry. thing. No, no, no. It's okay. <laughs> we just, uh, I just feel like, Oh, it's just a. F- Here's the thing. I think the music is good. I think yeah. that I don't think it's all good, but I there's like some it. bangers in there. I love the opening just from like an arrangement standpoint. I think it's a really good arrangement of that song. Um, I, you know, and it's like we know that we know that music. So, and the story is fun. Like it's a little revenge plot kind of thing where everybody gets their comeuppance in like a, a very satisfying way. Mm-hmm. Um, you invest in these women as friends, which is like the other piece that we talked about. You don't always get shows where women are friends. Yes. Well, and that's one of the things about the ending that kind of stuck out to me is that they, they don't end up being friends forever and like in the same proximity. Like they all kind of go every which way, Yeah. which is another ending point that I don't know you always expect. Agree. Well, where like the ending wasn't them like holding hands and they were like, together forever. We run this company now. Ta-da. Like that's kind of what I expected. Sure. I, like I said, I think it's just... It's like a fun show. I like it for the, like, you know, we talk a lot about on this podcast, like, 
women's roles and you are the ingenue or you're like the old mother or you're like whatever slutty best friend correct and then a lot of times it's you're pitting women against women like that's just the thing of like it's a competition or whatever yeah i like that this show is just these three women being there for each other too in these like hard times and i don't know i just it's like very uplifting to me like i said not Every show has to be like, do you know what? I'm reconsidering my stance on the war. Like, yeah. it just, you know, like, sometimes it's just, damn, that was fun. Woo, nine to five. I'm reconsidering this. We love Dolly Parton. She's great. Like, yeah. sometimes it's just that. And that's enough. And it doesn't have to be more than that. It does not have to be more well, than that. And honestly, this one, you could come out being like, oh, my God, women were not treated very well in the workplace. Is, is it better now? And you're like, oh, marginally. Um only a little tiny bit. I mean, honestly, it's sure. I'm like a sad time. Uh, okay. It was nominated for some stuff. It won a drama. Uh, sure, Alice and Janney won uh, Outstanding Actress in a Musical Drama Desk. Hell yeah, she did. Um, Alice and Janney. Tony's okay. Tony's. It was nominated Best Original Score for Dolly Parton, Best Performance by a Leading Actress Alice and Janney, Best Performance by a Featured Actor Mark Kudish, and Best Choreography. Andy Blankenbuehler. Mm. Nominated, didn't win anything, but, no. you know, like I said, it's... Just happy to be there. Yeah, for for sure. In a way where, depending on the year, I mean, we always do this, in which... When did I say this came out? 2000-something. Something. Yeah, I don't remember. Sure, the 2000s. Uh, 2009. Oh, that's the year I graduated high school. Sure. Who was who was nominated for the Tonys in 2009? Um, I'm going uh, to find out. I, I think it's, like, I think that was the year it was, um, like, next to normal and, like, hair sure. and I'm stuff. I'm going to look it up. Hold on. 2009, Tony, oh, Toyota Camry <laughs> is what literally came up first for some reason. I don't know why. Okay. People really searching Very it out, good. I guess. It's Very uh, honestly confusing. I don't know. I really think that was the next to normal year. I th- uh, best music. You're right. Best musical that year. Nominees were sure this isn't right oh it was not nominated for best musical but what came out yeah. billy elliott oh, next to normal right, yeah. rock of ages shrek yep and oh, then shrek. revival guys and dolls my pal joey and west side story yes sure that was when west side story got revived with matt cavanaugh but billy elliott won best musical yes it did yeah um which sure that all makes sense i guess billy got very good it's good good work sure. i remember watching the tonys that year in like after i graduated high school and mm-hmm. like we had just done guys and dolls at our school so the fact that they had like guys and dolls on the tonys was very exciting. Like, oh my god and titus burgess saying sure. sit down you're rocking the boat um, and they had this like wait okay so they had this like really cool thing happen where like there was a, t- a mic issue with his microphone and so his microphone wasn't working and you just heard this tech guy go i'm going i'm going i'm going and he's holding a handheld and he's speaking into it oh. like why were you doing that but okay sure and then he like ran on stage and handed him a handheld and then ran off and then they just like kept on with the number and it was that's perfect. theater y'all but it was like it was such a it's i use that clip sometimes to like teach my kids about how like hey things happen you have to roll with it. of course um so i don't know it's a cool little thing but yes uh well that was the year i was gonna say the three billies won mm. right they mm-hmm. won that joint tony mm-hmm. uh and then ooh, problematic now alice ripley won for next to normal uh, which that maybe makes sense but also we know now like maybe problematic no she did a good job but well but now we know some stuff okay so uh and then sure uh gregory jabara billy elliott the musical for best featured karen oh sure karen olivo won that year for west side story playing anita oh sure karen olivo sure what a fucking voice you know what i'm saying sure i think wendy doesn't like karen olivo why i don't know 
Well, girl, I don't know. She's wrong. Okay. Best book, Billy. Sure, Billy Elliot and Next to Normal pretty much won everything. Yeah. They got best book, best original score, Next to Normal, which I do agree with that. There's a lot of was music Eric in that show. Was Eric nominated for, for Next to Normal? Because I, like, how could he not be? You know? He was not. Well, well I oh, disagree. Wait, hold, please. It would have been supporting nope. actor. I, I know. That's no. why I was like, well, maybe. No, uh, that year it was The Three Billies, hmm. Gavin Creel for Hair. Oh, yeah. Ryan Darcy James for Shrek. <sighs> Constantine Morales for Rock of Ages and J. Robert Spencer for Next to Normal. Which uh, I think okay. Sense. Yeah. He was um, really good too, I guess. And then we said fe- uh, featured, which is where he put. Oh, I scrolled past it, I guess. Which he would have been in was Gregory Jabara. He was the dad in Billy Elliot. And then David Bologna, who was also in Billy Elliot. Mark Kurdish for 9 to 5. He played Hart. Yeah. Christopher Sieber for Lord Farquaad and Shrek. Yeah. Which, honestly, he might he should have maybe won it because I he does the whole show on his knees. No, he should have. And the crazy shit is when he did the re- cast recording, yeah. he was like, I have, have to, to do, do this it. on my oh knees my, because the that's how I breathe. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and then Will Swenson for, also for hair. Um, okay. Fine, I guess. Yeah, and then... That's a good... Here's the thing. I've, I have not, like, seen that hair production but i have the recording Mm -hmm. it's good it's good uh, jennifer damiano though was nominated she was the youngest person nominated sure in Um, in history at that time well in a fun interesting way of like sorry your debate uh hayden gwynn billy elliott martha plimpton and pal joey carol and then carol shelley also billy elliott so like sure billy here let me tell you i've seen it i don't know if i remember billy elliott being like why do we love this so much? Why did the Tony's? I, love I it so have much? a bootleg of it. I'm on my computer somewhere. Like, I, have I think old, I do like, too. My old undergrad computer, like my ex boyfriend. Sure. Like, I think I also watched it as a bootleg. Once again, this podcast does not support bootlegs. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we do. It's just a bit at this point. Yeah, it's one of our bits. Uh, one of like five that we have. See. Yeah, I mean, best sound design, uh, best sound design of a musical, Billy Elliot. Billy Elliot won Best Director of a Musical, Best Choreography, Billy Elliot. Sure, wow. damn. Best Orchestration, tie, Billy Elliot next to normal. Which, okay. I don't disagree with it. I Listen, I me neither. I I will say, sure, we've, we really have started talking about Billy Elliot. We've gone we'll, on a we'll maybe do that one day. rabbit hole um, of 2009 Tony Awards. Well, but just in a way where it may be, sure, sometimes we look at you look at the year and you're just like, why didn't this, this musical's great? What happened? And you're like, oh. Sure. Oh, it was 2016 right. Hamilton. Great. Right. Yeah. Oh, sure. When no one could win. Got yeah, it. You know? Yeah. So I, that's to me kind of a little bit maybe how that got buried. But I think, you know, it's a fun show. If you're just looking, here's what I say. The music is good. There's some good, like, singy, belty times in there. Yeah. Um, and then it's fun. It just is. And the, I will say, seeing it staged, potentially that reading did not lend itself to, like, all the funny things that, like, there's a lot of comedic things that happen that just weren't kind of not existent. Yeah, that's okay. um, I will say, in the, in the Broadway version, the set's pretty cool, where it's a lot of, like, come up through the ground, spin out, spin into a yeah. different thing. This room spins out, and it's, like... In a Broadway way, though, where it's, like, smooth and seamless and it's cool. Yeah. Ooh, the desks come all out. Now we're back in the office. And then what? they go back down and it's the floor, right? Um, the production I saw once, somewhere, uh, they still tried to do all those scene changes, but in a, like, non-electric floor kind of way. So just on casters. And also so long mm. because they were, like, trying to move giant things. 
I'm going to say that's one of those things where, yeah, as a person who has done many shows not on Broadway, like almost exclusively not on Broadway. What do you mean almost? Sure. Um, <laughs> exclusively. There's some stuff, there's some stuff you don't know. Um, I, but like, I do. There's, you have to make, you have to adapt your sets because unless you have like a yes. trap door or the, a, a mechanical underneath part, like you, you're not going to be able to <laughs> do the same thing. Term? Yeah. Well, but you know what I mean? You're not going to be able to do the same things. And even yes. I've seen, there's some high schools in this area who, um, they have like a actual rotating stage mm. and it's like cool. And they share it amongst themselves. But like, I don't know. Like I, Unless you were like like Broadway, I don't know if I want to see your rotating stage yeah. in your high school. When we did Les Mis, we rented a turntable, and it was very fun. Sure, that's what they originally built it for, and now the schools share it, and they, they use it for a bunch of different stuff. But Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a handy tool. Sure. My, uh, my one friend was a stage manager at the time, and she was the turntable operator, oh. and it was like stressful for her of course and then there was one show she couldn't make because she had like, there was like a winter guard competition and like marching band and winter guard and drumline was like big at our school sure so uh we had like a sub one day and that girl oh my god couldn't she like it. she did a good job okay. but like at intermission you could just see her sweating and i was, was like, like this are is you too okay much? sweetheart she was like i'm not but i'll be okay well it was very sweet luckily now if you do layman's you don't have to include the tur- include the turntable because they don't do it anymore they don't which i'm gonna tell you is sad it is a cool part of that show that is the only acceptable thing that I accept. But, um, okay, whatever. The piece is sliding now. This is not as good. This is our Lame Is podcast. Well, we did, you know, Lame Is. But I'm just saying. I'm <laughs> just saying. That's going to be one of our heavy hitter episodes. Who? What quest are we going to be on, Norm Lewis? For, for Lame Is? Yeah. Sure. Maybe Norm Lewis. Love Norm Lewis. We did. He's been in a lot of stuff too, but yeah. we've done a few of his. Sure. Do you know what's interesting? As we continue to do the pod, how many times we like will get to somebody and be like, "Oh, we already did a bunch of their." Sh- oh my god! Sure, they were in that too. Like yeah. it's kind of interesting. It's gonna happen. Um, okay, on a scale of nine to five, what would oh, you god. give? What would you give this <laughs> show? Like okay, so five is the no. highest. I don't understand. Yeah. Okay, I don't know noon i don't know <laughs> i don't know um four i don't know i've never seen it so i yeah. can't i can't really rate anything i've heard a lot of the music and i enjoy it mm-hmm. um i like the story because i appreciate a strong female led cast and it's like a revenge where they like get revenge on the yeah. gross disgusting man at work sure patriarchy yeah fucking smash it yeah um so i like that um so yeah, I mean, like I, I don't know where the scale is, but I, I you said new high on the scale. I don't know what that. <laughs> I'm means. giving it a five o'clock. Five o'clock. Yeah. Four o'clock. Because I no, just kidding. I'm giving it like a three thirty because I like the I love the music of this show in a way where I've looked at doing this, but I'm like, oh, I don't know if I could do this in high school because he risque. well that heart heart gets pretty disgusting and i i'm sure there's a high school edition blah, blah. but i don't love doing those um i mean here's what i say about the high school editions one they're good for like usually what they do is they rewrite some of the music to fit to fit growing voices correct which i always support because i think sometimes things that are written for adult voices are not appropriate for kids i agree growing. especially for boys well and especially for like young like early high school to middle school yeah. they shouldn't be doing grown-up versions of the shows it's just not good for their voices and it's not approachable for them yeah so in that way i i do think it's good especially if you're trying to expose them to like really fun shows mm-hmm. um but uh, I, like, I understand why people don't like them i'm gonna say we got when i think it, for oliver 
what I appreciated is still full version, but they now are including in their uh, vocal book like four different versions of the song in different keys so that you can yeah and it's nice too because it's included in the orchestrations because that's half the time you're like well i could transpose it for you know the the singer but like what am i supposed to do with my band um we when we did little women last summer one of the reasons why i only wanted piano is because i had a feeling i was and we didn't i think we did it for two songs but um that was one of the reasons why, because sure, she can just either legitimately hit a button on the piano and boom, bing, bong, boom, she's in a different key. Yep. So it just was, or we found it in a different key and it didn't matter. So yeah, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I give it a three thirty. I think it's a fun show. I think I like the movie. And so I know, you know, like, sure. We've done a lot of eighties throwback shows. We in love a weird the eighties on this show. Sure, I do. Um, but like I just it's a it's fun it's just fun it's a good escapism where if you're having some kind of weird shitty day it's a perfect musical to go see yeah um and where we're in a place where maybe we need a little bit more of that right now we where do. we don't need like it's not so heavy we don't have to be women on the verge of a nervous breakdown all the time you know that was several episodes ago so if you get that good job um okay. high five thanks for listening all right uh I think we did it uh, I'm gonna say guys follow us on our socials at yeah. downstage left PC. Leave us a rating. Leave us a comment. Leave us a something. It all helps. It does help. Subscribe. Just kidding. That's not it. Like uh, and subscribe. I don't know. JK. Those are the youth. Is that not know. How no, no, I don't even think they're saying that anymore. I don't know. Okay. Uh, Click the button below. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm done. We're we're <laughs> on so many things. Like, go rate us on all the things. Yeah. F- download CastBox if you don't have. And just give us a thumbs up. I don't, I don't know, know how that, that works. Is. Yeah, I don't know what that I, is. We're on CastBox, though, because I got in trouble for not having us on CastBox. So oh. then I had to, like, take What is it? I don't know what it is. It's just an app where you, there's podcasts. Gross. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> CastBox podcast. Oh, sure. Good yeah. good one. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Podbean. Whatever, you know? Like, so many. What's happening to you? SoundCloud. Uh, okay. Sure. Okay. Sure. That's where we are. You can always go to our website. Also, downstageleft.com. We've devolved. It's uh, late. Sure. Uh, okay. I think we did it. I, we, we should go. Yes. And I'm going to say, um, let's exit stage left, followed by, oh no. See, I, see I, sometimes Uh-oh. I really have them and sometimes I don't, but I'll say, hold on. Give me, cut all this out, maybe. This is fine. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say, uh, oh, exit stage left, followed by a harness above your bed. Oh my god. Oh my Should god. I made it dark. That's nightmare quality. <laughs> <laughs>